This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Jets back to work today as they get ready for the Houston Texans coming up on Sunday afternoon, as we've been talking about. Weather is not supposed to be favorable, but nevertheless, they're still going to play the game. And, you know, bad weather means you got to take care of the football. Jets were minus three in turnovers in that game last week against the Atlanta Falcons. And a Texans team comes into town who are better than Atlanta. This is a good football team, of course, with a good defense. And you got a young quarterback there in C.J. Stroud, which, you know, the symbolism is probably something that isn't going to be lost on Jet fans when they watch this game coming up on Sunday. That C.J. Stroud was somebody who was taken very high in the draft, and the Texans hoped that he would lead them to greater glory, right? That's why you take a quarterback that high. That is why you invest everything that you do in him. And yeah, the irony can't be lost on you that he was the second overall pick in the draft, just like Zach Wilson was. And we know that it hasn't worked out the way the Jets wanted to, and certainly Zach Wilson would want it to, being the second pick in the draft a couple of years ago. But now Zach is back, and he is the starting quarterback because despite the fact that out of the three quarterbacks that were in that room, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson still gave them the best chance to win once upon a time. But the team scuffled. The team wasn't scoring touchdowns. The offense was lackluster. So what do you do? You can't just keep running the same group out there week in and week out. So you have to change it up and look for a spark, despite the fact knowing full well that it likely was not going to come from those other sources. They gave Tim Boyle a couple of starts, and you could make the case it was even worse. Right? One touchdown in two games, and it was a garbage time touchdown. So now, when all the quarterbacks have had their opportunity to run the show this year, you're back to square one again in Zach Wilson. Because he still gives you a better option than those other two guys did. But what is it going to look like this week? Right? Because we've been down this road before. Now, you can be optimistic and say, oh, yeah, well, being off on the side of the, you know, off the side of the field and looking out from a different perspective, maybe you're going to see things differently and you're able to take that with you when you step back out onto the court. Well, we heard that last year, right? Twice he got sat down last year. How did that work out? Being the understudy to Aaron Rodgers all through training camp, the offseason, how'd that work out? Didn't work out the way the Jets wanted to or else they wouldn't have go and made the moves that they did. So I don't know what your expectations are. They're probably low, as they should. Because it also takes more than just a quarterback. And there's other issues with this football team right now, which need fixing. And I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. There is a lot that has to turn around with this team. And I don't know if it's possible for the next five weeks. Their season's going to end after that Patriot game. Unless, like, a miracle occurs. And half the league asks out of playing football the rest of the season, maybe because of reluctance, and then they have to fill the playoff spots and they put the Jets in there. But that's not going to happen. So when Robert Solomon at the media today, you had the reports. Zach Wilson doesn't want to play. Why is Zach starting? Why is he the guy for this football team again? Zach gives us our best chance to win, giving him another opportunity to go prove that. How did that conversation go when you told him? Uh, he was good. He's fired up. Like I said on Monday, he came into my office. He wants the ball, uh, and he's excited about getting this opportunity to finish the season strong. He wants the ball. Well, you know what? Jet fans want touchdowns. 
coaches want touchdowns. Wouldn't that be funny? Like, Zach went into Salah's office and said, I want the ball. What if somebody, like, went over to Zach and be like, hey, we, we want points. The receivers. Hey, we want catches. Throw us the damn ball. Zach is excited to get back out on the field. I think any opportunity you can get in this league is a good one. And I think more than anything, you know, the love and care I have for these guys, you know, especially especially this year for some reason, you know, it's been challenging. You know, I think everyone's felt that. But, uh, you know, extremely excited to get back on the field with these guys. All right, and what about these reports, Zach, right? The reports that said you don't want to play, that you're maybe reluctant, which I think was overblown a little bit here. That's just my own two cents, which we talked about a couple of days ago when it came out. But what about these reports that there is a little trepidation about resuming your old job? I love the guys in this locker room, and I would do anything. And I think anytime you have an opportunity to step on this field, you need to take advantage of it. Did you feel the need to address the team at all about that? Because that report kind of was widespread on Monday. No, I don't think so. And I think more than anything, I've had support from those guys through this entire process. I think guys understand where we're at right now. And I've had backing, you know, since day one. And that's why I love this team so much. And, you know, they understand the struggles we've been going through. And, you know, I think there can be a lot of respect shown to just keep fighting from everybody. And we're, we're all going through the same thing. So there you have it. Doesn't need to address the team. Love the guys. Want to play. Says he wants to have a little bit more fun out there. Go do it. Right? Who's stopping you? You want to borrow a page from the Aaron Rodgers playbook? You say, you know what? The power of manifestation. Believe it and go make it happen. You got five more games. Look, we all know that he's not going to be on this team next year. What team is he going to be playing on? We'll find out. You know what? The next five weeks will probably go a long way towards determining that, don't you think? Next five weeks are going to tell us a lot about the future of Zach Wilson. We know who the starting quarterback for the Jets is going to be. It's going to be the guy who only played four snaps this year. But it's not about next year yet. What they need to do over the next five weeks of this season is find out which guy's are going to be part of next year, right? Which guys do you see enough from now to where you say, all right, once we get the quarterback back, once we fix some other things with this football team, who is going to be a part of this ride? You don't want guys who are out there going through the motions, playing out the string in games that aren't going to mean anything. Let's go to the phones. Say hi to Ethan in New Jersey, up next here on 98.7. Ethan, how are you? Good, Dan. How you doing? Good, Ethan. What's up? Actually, uh, I had a question on exactly what you were just talking about. With with all of this influence that Aaron Rodgers seems to have in bringing in guys like Cobb and Lazard and how highly he's been speaking of Zach, you know, even in this time, do you think that there's a possibility that the Jets would actually keep him instead of cutting him if Aaron Rodgers tells them to? You know no. what I mean? No. I, I, I mean, like – they need they, they both need a clean break if that makes any sense right of, I, of course I, I right yeah because I mean regardless of what this report may or may not have insinuated over the last couple of days Ethan the reality of the mm-hmm. situation in black and white is that Zach Wilson's been sat down three times over the last two years three times that tells you all you need to know about oh, what the coaching I'm, staff I'm probably not, really thinks I'm of not him. a Zach Wilson defender by any means oh no no you know, no that's wanna, uh, no but I'm out. just yeah. I'm just stating a fact and so if you've already if if you've already run the gamut with this kid over the last couple of seasons like what more is there to accomplish right so for his sake and I'm sure that he wouldn't mind a fresh start 
It's It sounds like cliche, but it's true. He probably would like to go someplace else. He and Aaron Rodgers could still be friends. They could text one another and all that stuff. But the other thing the Jets have to do is this, and I've, I, I've said this before and I'm going to keep saying it, and if they're really dead set about turning this thing around for next year, how about the guys that Woody Johnson hired to put the team together and to pick the players, let them do their job. And maybe less input from guys about maybe that he feels comfortable with that he would suggest them bringing aboard because that didn't work out too well this year either, right? Right. And, I mean, this kind of goes into my next point of, of you know, we, we were banking on a or a 39-year-old with a healthy Achilles this season. Now are we going to be banking on a 40-year-old with a surgically repaired Achilles and hoping for a different result? You know, it's fair. It's it's not not exactly promising. Ethan, it, it, it's a fair, fair worry. And I thank you for the phone call. And it's something that the Jets are really going to have to put a hell of a lot of stock into for next season. Look, we know that maybe they swung and missed about not having more of a dependable backup for Aaron Rodgers. Somebody you felt a little bit better in. Hopefully you wouldn't have to go to him at all. But worst case scenario unfolded and they needed him four plays into the season. And we see what type of a turn it took for the year. Next season, got to have a better plan B. And I think they know that. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a rookie. I don't know if it's going to be a veteran. I don't know if it's going to be both. But right now, that quarterback room, the way it looks out in Florham Park, the only guy who's guaranteed to still be a part of it next year is Aaron Rodgers. You know, Zach Wilson's probably gone. Brett Rippon... Basically just got here. I don't even know if he's unpacked yet. Right? Trevor Simeon, probably gone. They got to beef up the quarterback room in the event. Worst case scenario, it transpires again and Rodgers gets hurt. Because it'll sink your season. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Say hi to Bobby in Belmore, who is up next here on 98.7. Bobby, how are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm great, Bob. What's up? I'm so sick of this guy talking so much smack. Played four plays this year. He's the reason why, along with Woody Johnson and Douglas appeasing him, not getting a backup quarterback after he got after he got hurt because he wanted Boyle, his buddy, in the quarterback room. This guy had three touchdowns and nine interceptions in his career. I don't even know what he's doing on a roster. Now, you know, he's coming back next year, right? 
All right, I told you this, you know, he's 40 years old coming off the Achilles injury. We all know that. Okay. Now they cannot draft a quarterback next year in the first round. They got to draft a lineman to protect this guy. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a pick till the third round, like you corrected me. And they're not going to get any of these quarterbacks in the third round. You know, there's six, seven of them coming out. So now this guy is coming in here, bringing a bunch of crap, which I didn't even want back in August. I knew it was all garbage in August. And now he's going to be sent back to franchise for another two, three years. Because next year, okay, maybe they win eight games and Roger stays healthy, which is a big question mark. And, you know, and now they who knows who's going to be quarterback is going to be ready next year and coming out of the draft. I don't, I don't even know the draft. Well, that's why, year. I mean, Bob, here's the thing, they right? Can- when you look at the quarterbacks for next year, and look, they're going to have a high pick. Unless there's this miraculous late-season turnaround where they go out there and roll off a couple of victories, Jets are going to be pricking, picking pretty high in the draft. You know, I, you want to say top five, top seven, top eight? I, I, I don't know. But there's going to be some quarterbacks there for the taking. Here's the danger in doing that. If you take a QB and you're going to go into next season with a rookie as your backup quarterback, a guy who's only one play away from having to go in and completely carry the entire franchise on his shoulders with something he may or may not be ready for, that's a risky proposition. So if the Jets are going to take a quarterback in the draft at some point, I'm not saying first-round pick, any time in the draft, they probably would be best served going out there and also bringing in a veteran backup. Because if the same thing happens and Rodgers is hurt, you want to turn this over to a rookie who may or may not be able to play? I don't think that's ideal. Look, there's also going to be legit concern, I think, going into next year, and it's fair. I know that Rodgers has had a great career. I know that he's one of the best to ever do it, the four MVPs and everything. But you are talking about somebody who's now 40 years old. And I know he keeps himself in great shape and all those things, but he's coming off of Achilles injury, and he played four plays. And how do you know that when he does step back out on the field, even when the Achilles is 100% healthy, that he steps out there and he is that guy who can play at a super high level. We have no idea. But the Jets just can't go out there and assume because going into next year, if things are still the same as far as the power structure is concerned, jobs are probably going to be on the line. Right? They're going to have to go out there and win games so people keep their jobs. I mean, how much more losing does this team get to do? And the same people are brought back time and time and time again, right? I mean, eventually, it's a bottom-line, results-oriented business. You have to show results. Team ended last year on a six-game losing streak. Right now, they've lost five in a row. I don't know how many more games they're going to win the rest of the year. Nobody has any clue. But it hasn't been good enough. And I don't know about you, but you run a business, and you're the person in charge. And you want to get some positive dividends coming in, right? Make a profit, favorable reviews, whatever. That's what you have to fall on. Not losing. Not where you're looked at is, boy, why can't we ever seem to get out of our own way? When it rains, it pours. That's not what this thing should be about. And if you are the person entrusted to make those decisions, you're going to do everything you can to make it turn. And that's the danger that this team has. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. And then, like, you know, you look around the rest of the league. Like, take Jacksonville, for example, right? 
Trevor Lawrence suffers that injury the other night, and it looks bad. Not necessarily an Achilles, and it was his own guy who got him, but there's a chance Trevor Lawrence could play this week. Right? They're not even, like, ruling him out. Sometimes you need a a little bit of luck from the football gods, too. It looked like the Jaguars' season was essentially over on Monday night. Over. Nope. He'll probably be back. Rodgers? Nah. Four plays, done. That's how it works. But it also comes back to something we've been saying the entire season. And going back years and years and years, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. And you don't have a chance. You know, you might win a few games here and there, but to win it all, to consider yourself one of those teams, you got to have that guy. And right now, when you look at the AFC in the playoff picture, right, there's only three teams right now that have their week one starting quarterback still under center. And it's the teams with the top three records, Miami, Baltimore, KC, Tua, Jackson, Mahomes. Let's just assume that Lawrence is maybe going to miss a week or two or whatever. But isn't that incredible? And this was supposed to be that year all summer leading up to the season where we talked about what the Jets could realistically do with Aaron Rodgers, what the ceiling was supposed to be. We said, well, you know, AFC is going to be tough, right? AFC is tough. Look at all those great quarterbacks, the best of the bunch. All in the AFC. How are the Jets possibly going to compete? Well, if it was the NFC, maybe they'd have a chance. But now everybody's getting hurt. And maybe some teams that we worried about during the summer, not as good as we thought they were going to be. Like, this is very gettable this year. There is not one team that you look at and say, oh, you can't beat them. Can't beat them. Impossible. There's no way. Nope. Not this year. And the Jets lose their quarterback four plays into the season. You can't make it up. You really and truly can't make it up. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. We'll switch gears a little bit here and move off the football. We'll get into some hoops. Okay, we'll talk a little Knickerbocker basketball. Because while last night wasn't exactly 100% surprising as to what happened in Milwaukee, there were some parts of it which maybe caught you off guard somewhat if you were a Nick fan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. As far as the Knicks are concerned, um, well, it wasn't a good night last night. And so they're effectively bounced from the in-season tournament. They make it all the way to the quarterfinals. Good for them, right? They go into Milwaukee. They make it pretty far. But, boy, that Bucks team. And that's what the fear was going into that game. Is that Milwaukee is the superior team. Not just compared to the Knicks, but they're one of the best teams in all the NBA. I mean, this is a Milwaukee Bucks team that can win an NBA championship. I don't think we're saying that about the New York Knicks as of now. Maybe one day, but not right now. And before the game, I said this was a good measuring stick for them, right? This would be one of those tests to gauge just maybe how much further the Knicks have to go. It, sure, if you get a win, you steal one, and you punch your ticket to Vegas for the semifinals of the in-season tournament, be my guest. You know, kill two birds at one stone. To me, though, it was more important just about seeing where this team was. Because the Knicks got to play Milwaukee earlier this year, Remember? They went to Milwaukee and had a lead late in the game. Jalen Brunson played outstanding that night, 45 points. But then Dame Lillard took over down the stretch, and they lose a game. R.J. Barrett didn't play that night, though, so they were a little shorthanded. You say, all right, well, maybe, just maybe, they'll fare a little bit better this time. Well, what happens? They go out there, full strength, put up a good first quarter, But the problem was is that they didn't get the stops they needed. And it was almost like there was an arcade game that was starting to develop. And that scared you a little bit. And yeah, they were hanging around even at halftime, and it was still a game, but still couldn't get any stops. And they weren't making any threes. In Milwaukee, meantime, basically every single time they put up a three, it hit. And that's a dangerous way to play against a team with that much firepower. Because you know what? It wasn't even just the starters. It was the dudes off the bench who were stepping out onto that floor and making shot after shot after shot. So if I would have told you before the game, you know what? Knicks are going to score 122 points in Milwaukee. You would have taken that. You would have signed up for it. You said, wow, 122. Hey, Julius Randle is going to score 41 tonight. He was going to make every single shot in the first half of the game. You're like, wow, I'll take that. You know, Brunson, not half bad. He's been better, but not half bad. RJ probably had his best game since coming back from the migraines. I told you all those things. You were like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sign up for that. I'll take my chances. Well, they forgot the defensive part. And for Milwaukee to go out there, and put up 146 points, and to make 23 threes. Yikes. 23 threes. And the Knicks only made seven. And that's the difference in your ballgame right there. And really, the only thing that kept the Knicks in this game, among other things, was they got to the free throw line a hell of a lot. They were aggressive in this one. They got to the line 33 times, and you know what? On a rare occasion, they actually made most of their free throws. They did a good job from the free throw line. But it still wasn't enough. And so it's got to tell you as a fan, yeah, I got a good team. You know, this is a playoff team, a legit playoff team. They could win a round, maybe even two, if things break a certain way. But as far as winning a championship, we're not on that level yet. We're not on that level. Here's Coach Tibbs on that loss last night. You know, the first half, 
I didn't like the start of the game, but I, I liked that offensively we were scoring, you know, very effectively, but we didn't have, like, and they're a terrific offensive team, so we gave them confidence early, and then the start of the third was, was a big problem for us. Yeah, it was. Milwaukee came out of the locker room pretty hyped to start the second half. And the Knicks settled into some bad habits, and then the game got away from them a little quick. And then even early in the fourth quarter, they went on a nice little run to begin. I think it was like a 7 nothing run. They got it down to single digits, and then boom, Milwaukee, in less than a minute, put up like five quick points, and that was that. And that was all she wrote. And then they just built on it, and they ran and hid. Dame Lillard knows how good they were last night. Hear what he had to say? thought this was probably our best offensive game. What did we score, 146 or something like that? They said it was a league high this season, you know, 146 points. And it was a lot of, we left a lot of points on the board too. We missed free throws. We missed some shots in the paint. You know, this could have easily been a 160, 165 point game. Now that's scary. But he's right. He's right. Like that's how bad the Knicks were last night defensively. As that the Bucks probably, if they didn't call off the dogs, would have had over 150 points and maybe even would have been pushing 160, especially in this day and age with the NBA. So there's some work to be done. And here's the crummy, unfortunate part about the in-season tournament and something that the NBA has to fix moving forward if they want to make this thing a little bit more fair. The Knicks' consolation prize for making it to the quarterfinals and losing to the Milwaukee Bucks is now they have a trip to Boston to play the Celtics. So you just played a team that after last night is 10-1 and at home on the year. And you're going to Boston and playing a team that is 9-0 on their home floor. And that's what you get. And I made this point the other day. Okay, take the Nets as a comparison. The Nets won the same amount of games in the group stage or the round-robin stage, whatever you want to call it, of this tournament as the Knicks did. They both won the same number of games. Remember, they each count as one for the regular season. But point differential is what allowed the Knicks to advance to the next round. And they got Milwaukee and Boston both on the road. The Nets, by not advancing, get Atlanta and Washington. That sound fair to you, right? And the way that it all adds up at the end of the season, Knicks are going to play 42 games on the road, and they're only going to play 40 at home. League's got to do a better job with that. You shouldn't be rewarding teams for not getting out of the, the playing round and the round-robin stage because that's not right, especially when it's that close and you're talking about point differential as the only thing that separated those two clubs. There's still regular season games, and they got to fix that. But the Knicks, look, right now, on December the 5th, 6th, whatever, Knicks are a team that are probably in that Three, four, five range in the Eastern Conference. Not bad. Right? There was a lot of years that you would have signed up for that when the Knicks were a laughing stock and they couldn't get out of their own way and they were pretty much done by the middle of December. And there weren't going to be any thought of the playoffs. Well, now you are a playoff team, but how can you make it even better? That's the challenge for this team and this organization. A couple of guys got to get back into the fold here. Number one is Grimes. Now, I understand that Grimes is somebody you're not counting on for offense, right? You're not. 
He's supposed to be your stopper on defense, one of your top guys out there when it comes to guarding the perimeter. You know, three and D type player, that's what Grimes, that's his M.O. That's what the Knicks are hoping that he is on a consistent basis. But offensively this year, he's been MIA, right? Has to be better. I mean, Grimes only has four games this year where he's hit double figures. Four. He almost has that many goose eggs where he scored nothing. That's the guy I'm looking at. And then again, little by little, I want to see RJ. They're going to need RJ Barrett to get reacclimated again to going out there and playing, and more importantly, playing the way that he was before he was sidelined with those migraines. Maybe last night's game, little bit of a boost to getting him back to that level. We'll see. We'll find out. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Nick in Woodbridge up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Nick, how are you? Hey, Dan, I'm good, man. Thanks for taking the call. What's up, Nick? Um, so just a couple things, man. Like, at the end of the day, like, one, I, I don't like, what to your point, I don't like that. It feels like the Knicks are being penalized now because you played a really tough Milwaukee team. You lost, and now you're – your reward for making it to the quarterfinals is you get Boston. So that that needs to change for sure. Um, but what I look at with this Knicks team is you're right. I mean, they're going to be in that probably three to five range. You'll probably get a playoff, get into the playoffs, and from there you might win a series, but you're not going to beat any of those elite teams with the roster is currently constructed. Now, as far as Quentin Grimes goes, I think Alan Hahn talked about it, that there's rumors in the organization that he might be trying to play through some injuries because he's afraid of falling out of rotation. My man might as well just go to the injured list right now because, I mean, the the effort we're getting out of him, clearly he's not right. And for him to only get 18 minutes last night didn't make a ton of sense because he is a 3 and D guy. We couldn't stop anything from behind the arc last night. And the Knicks transition defense, I mean, it is non-existent right now. And when you face a team that can push the tempo like that, you're going to be in for it. So, they got to make some changes, and this team is not – they're not where they need to be yet, but I'd be surprised if this roster stays the same way throughout this season. We'll see what happens. But well, thanks for taking my call, Dan. Have Nick, a good night. good stuff. I appreciate it. You make some good points there, too. Look, it's, it, it's up to this front office. If you inject the front office with truth serum, what are they going to tell you about this team as it's currently made up? Do they think that it is a club that can go even further than last year? And more importantly, if they don't, When they look around the rest of the NBA and you identify potential targets that could be had, does it make it that much better? You know, because I know that sometimes fans, they would just love to make a trade for the sake of making a trade, right? It's not working. Let's go get this guy because he's a good player. You know, he made the all-star team once or twice. Let's go get him and he's going to make our team better. Doesn't work that way. Grass isn't always greener. Sometimes you bring in a guy and your team actually gets worse. Like, that could happen. And you might be giving up pieces and chips that not only are helping you win right now, but might mean more to you down the road. So you can't just go ahead and pull the trigger on something just to, you know, satisfy the fan base if it's not going to help you in the long run. And I give this regime credit. You know, Leon Rose and company, they do act deliberately. They haven't, this isn't like the old Knicks. To where you go chase maybe a guy with a name, even if he might not be the best fit. We saw way too much of that over the last 20 years. And that's why the Knicks were unable to get out of their own way half the time. 
You can't go big game hunting. You have to do things responsibly to the degree that it's going to help your team win. And that's what they've done up until now. I can't find fault with the way that the Knicks have approached things. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Dan in New Jersey up next on 98.7. Dan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dan? Dan, how are things? Everything's good. Getting ready to finish up the semester. I'm going to Seton Hall on Tuesday to call the basketball game. Very nice. That should be good. Is that a uh, is that a uh, pre center? It is a pre center. I've never been before. I'm excited to go. They have wonderful bathrooms at Prudential Center. So if you have to go, if the mood should strike you, you're going to be in good hands. Maybe I'll meet. Uh, I don't know. I'll say that. Now you don't want to meet anybody I there. I think you just want to take your business and then get out of there. That's all. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, uh, I don't. I feel like that building's a little cursed because I'm a Ranger fan, so uh, I get the heebie-jeebies with that one. little Adam Henrique action. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's been, it, it happened. Or, it's a thing. Or Gerard Gallant's team falling <laughs> apart at the worst possible <laughs> that's, time. That, that too. bad coach. That's right, yeah. I hope he's doing okay. I like the Turk. Well, again, um, a couple of things. One, I think the Knicks are stunted because of Tom Thibodeau. Like, I, I, I think he's a good coach for – bringing a team ceiling up or floor up, but he's never going to raise a ceiling to win a championship. And I can't stand it because I think he's too old school and is too stubborn to adapt to the modern NBA. And two, with the Yankees making this trade for Juan Soto, which looks like it's going to be finalized, you how do you think it changes people's view of Brian Cashman? I think for the time being that they're going to be certainly more receptive and more favorable to Cashman. But you know what it is, Dan, and thanks for the phone call. It's a yeah, but. What else are you going to do? Yeah, but. Okay, you got Juan Soto. Yeah, but. What's the next move? We can't just roll this team out onto the field for 162 games. Like I said a little bit earlier, I mean, what are you going to do to address this rotation? You have multiple holes in this starting five. They've got to fix. You know, I would even bring in another arm in the bullpen. The Yankees' work this offseason is not done, and supposedly they're in on Yamamoto, just like the Mets are, and we'll see who gets them, but this is a really good start. A really good start. And as far as what Dan said about Thibodeau, look, I disagree. You know, that was the knock on Tibbs going back a couple of years ago. After they had that bad second season, after they made the playoffs and he won the coach of the year, it was like, oh, it's all Tibbs' fault. Oh, he can't. And then last year, they're back in the playoffs. They win around, And then you have Julius Randle who goes down to an injury, which hampers their ability to beat the Miami Heat for other reasons. But really, I mean, is Tom Thibodeau the one that's holding them back? Like, remember all those difficult conversations we had about Julius Randle in those two playoffs? Where he underperforms, where he doesn't play as well as he does during the regular season when he's an all-NBA player and he's an all-star player. Remember those conversations? Well, is that Tom Thibodeau's fault? Was he not playing well in the most important games of the year because of Tom Thibodeau? I don't think so. Tibbs is not the Knicks' problem. You look at the Knicks' roster right now. Remember, Jalen Brunson was brought in here to not be the best player. He was a really, really good player. But he's become their best player. Tibbs doesn't get any credit for that? None whatsoever? 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Michael K. Show Holiday Party is going to return this Friday, December the 8th, at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. Special guest appearances by Wally Serbiak, Amani Toomer, and Rick DiPietro. Increase your chances of winning one of the holiday giveaways by bringing up the three toys for donations. So mark your advent calendars and get ready to spread some cheer at the Michael K. Show holiday party this Friday at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. It's brought to you by Momentum Solar, the New York Islanders, Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, Yingling Traditional Lager and Flight by Yingling, the perfect beers for the holiday season, Security Dodge. Visit securitydodge.com and come get some selection and benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Here's a story you don't see every day. This is from The Athletic. Former Jaguars of Jacksonville employee accused of stealing more than $22 million from the franchise from 2019 to 2023 by exploiting the organization's virtual credit card program. Used that money to buy, among other items, two vehicles, a condominium and a designer watch worth over $95,000. Some of the money allegedly used to purchase cryptocurrency and place bets with online gambling sites. Was it FanDuel? To say if it was FanDuel? Where's my money? We endorse it if it's FanDuel. Give me all your money! Amit Patel worked for the Jaguars for five years starting in 2018, but apparently his salary wasn't good enough, so... Stop taking all my money. He resorted to all this stuff. And they're on him. And they caught him. And that's how it should be. I don't care how much an organization is worth. Whatever billions the Jaguars are worth. You know I what? I spent a lot of money on my television. Can't do that. You can't do it. 
And by the way, as I pointed out to the guys, I mean, you talk about a Jaguar employee stealing money. Didn't Urban Meyer steal around $60 million? Thank you. Thank you. That kind of came naturally, too. Didn't really plan that one. Because I didn't know the dude was getting arrested. I had no idea. Um, I think he's working at Kmart someplace. No, I don't think he's working. I think he's got the money. He doesn't have to go get a job. Are there any Kmarts around still, by the way? Or is that like the end of the road? I've, I can't even tell you the last time I saw a Kmart. Got to be gone, right? Do you even remember Kmart? Do you ever Have you ever been in a Kmart? Oh, sure. Plenty of times. But I, I, it might be like a blockbuster. There might be like one left in existence, and it's just a novelty. It just says, it says here, last August, Kmart is closing its last NJ store. I saw that. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that too. In Up Westwood. in Westwood. Yep. What about in New York? Let's see here. Kmart and why. Let's see. Says, e- no. Says Bridgehampton. Is it still in business? Says open and closes at 9 p.m. Really? All right. But it's the blue K, not the red K. So what's the difference? It's still a K, isn't it? No, there's different traditions. So you mean a blue and a red K means two different things inside the store? It's very very possible. I haven't been in one in a long time. That's probably why. Now we got to get to the bottom of this. You got a circle K? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Let me say hi to Pete. He's in East Meadow. He's up next to you on 98.7. Hello, Pete. How are you? Dan, how are you? Pete, I'm How's good. How's your night going? What's going on? So, by, by the way, well, you know, incredibly fascinating Kmart segment you just had there. Thanks on that one. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a segment. It was yeah. more just a couple of lines, you know. I know. I know. I know. It was just a fill-in. But, so, two ants. One, you've been speaking about the Knicks. Dan, you couldn't be more correct. But here, I'm old enough to... Just a little background, 65, mm-hmm. playing, watching sports for 60 years. And I mean all sports. So long enough to watch the Jets win and the Knicks. All right? So been around. So you've been, been around. a lot of sports. You put in your time. Been around a little bit. Yeah. I put, you know, I, I put in a lot of time. Jets, we don't even want to go into. But so there's a couple of things. One, in basketball, it's real simple. The Knicks won because they were a great team. But they also, at times had the best player or pretty close to the best player on the court, i.e. would be Frazier, right, who would match up against West or Monroe um, and whomever it may be. And the reason why, so they won a couple of championships. The reason why the Knicks did not beat the Bulls, and I was at many of those games, watched every one, was because Jordan was better than Ewing. Right. Period. And it always came down to the superstars. And it does in basketball. We know that, right? So the Knicks simply, I love the way they play as a team. I mean, I, I like, you know, um, I like the culture they're building. But here's the bottom line. They don't have that next guy. They, they just don't. Julius Randle, he's not the next guy. Right? He's not that next level. He's not what we saw last night with either Dean or with... He's not, you know. Uh, well, I mean, he had he had an unbelievable you know, game had, last night. He had forty one points, and he the guys had a great game. But the guy, but but, but Pete, here is the thing: game. two out of the last three years, the guy was all NBA. I mean, he's, he was one of the top fifteen no, no, players no, no, no. in the league. Dan, please, I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying he's not that next level. He's not, you know, the next level guy. He's just not. No, if you he, he's a. If, he would be the second 
guy with LeBron. Right. Oh, he'd be unbelievable with him. Pete, I, if yeah. you're telling me that, and I thank you for the phone call, if you're telling me that Julius Randle, and I think what you're trying to say is, if Julius Randle, you don't consider him to be a true number one on a championship caliber team, we're speaking the same language. Who's objecting to that? He may feel differently. Maybe the team feels differently. But anybody who's watched the Knicks over the last few years, and look, I've been one of these guys who's defended Julius Randle. Even last spring when everybody came at him with pitchforks and wanted him off this team because he underachieved in the playoffs again as he was dealing with that ankle injury and came back from an injury and then re-aggravated it again. That same guy, right? I had his back. I defended him. But the two things can be mutually exclusive. You can defend Julius Randle and point out and say, yeah, he's a quality player. He's a really, really good all-star and at times all-NBA caliber player. But in the next sentence, you can also acknowledge what also is the truth, that he's not a number one on a championship team. Not even close. Guys, I don't even know if Jalen Brunson's that guy either. And Jalen Brunson is outstanding. What did I call Jalen Brunson? Jalen Brunson might go down as one of the best free agent signings in New York sports history when it's all said and done, right? When it is all said and done, he will be that impactful, I feel. And it seems like the guy's getting better each week. But I don't know if he's a number one. He's probably not. You know what happens in a perfect world? Jalen Brunson's your number two. Julius Randle's your number three. And then you bring in some all-star, number one type player who's on another roster right now, as we know, because he's not on this team, and he let those three guys go to war with the rest of the NBA. That's the dream as you try to build this thing if you're a New York Knicks fan. And I don't know if that happens this year. See, I am not of the opinion to just go out there and bring in a name because he's a name. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is not that guy. Joel Embiid... He is that guy. All right, that's an MVP. And I know that Joel Embiid has never been to the conference finals. I get it. Takes more than just one guy. But if you take that player or someone of his ilk and you bring him over to this team and you have those other pieces around him, then you might start to see the winning on the biggest stage. Sometimes it's called just getting out of a certain situation. And this is a Knicks franchise, by the way, which is only starting to establish that winning culture. You know, going to the playoffs two out of the last three years, that's big. That's important. It really is. Last year, they won a round. I expect them to win another round this year. I expect them to maybe even knock on the door and try to get to a conference finals this year. I don't know if it's going to happen. But it's possible. But I'm not going to go out there and give up assets, whether it's draft picks, whether it's young players, whoever it is, just to go out there and bring in an all-star player because, oh, I don't know, he's maybe the best player on his team, which might still not be good enough.